Welcome to episode 380 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And this is another video episode. I'm doing more and more these days. So if you are listening on your podcast and you'd rather be watching, just head over to YouTube and type in the search We Don't Die Radio 380. Our guest today is a fascinating lady that I'm so excited to welcome back and see again. She's a certified genealogist, the author of 27 books and hundreds of articles and essays and more that have appeared in nearly every major genealogical journal and publication. She is also a medium and her brand new book is titled Midlife Medium, a genealogist's quest to converse with the dead. Sharon Carmack, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say at the very beginning, I am so grateful. And I know hundreds of thousands of people who listen to you are so grateful for all you do for the mediumship community and those who are struggling to understand the afterlife. And so thank you for everything you give. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate you saying that. It fuels me to keep going. It is a natural expression for me to share what I love. So this occurs to me as easy and I get to meet friends and under all of it. And I think you're the same way is we've yep. felt profound grief and we know exactly what it's like and the questions that come up. And so to be able to share and give people hope on probably the biggest question in the universe, you know, do we go on? I think it's just, we, we can't help but share. So mm-hmm. kudos back to you for, so we're you. for each other. So while I was looking back, you were first on five years ago, talking a little bit about genealogy. I know, I know. <laughs> and then the year and a half ago or so, we mm-hmm. had spoken about your, your new book then, um, which was uh, the Maria B. Hayden book, the American yes. Indian who brought spiritualism to the UK. Oh, look at you showing it off. I love when you do that. Oh, I love it. But I now, don't have all 27 to show off, but <laughs> no, that'd be overwhelming. But now there's a new one that's yeah. just coming out. You got a copy of that midlife <laughs> medium. I love the title. Just got some copies. And yeah. That's really great, really great. And we are airing this on release day. So it is now available if you're listening to this or watching right now. So Sharon, I wouldn't mind, even though we've spoken before, there's a lot of people that are new to listening to the show. If you could just tell us a little bit about your history, and I'm sure that's within the book as well, but I'll let you kind of lead the dance because you know what you're passionate about right now. And as a medium, you are very intuitive. So Yeah, speak to us, my friend. I'll speak to you. Thanks, Sandra. Um, Well, I've been a professional genealogist for over 30 years, which is amazing because I'm only 35. But I have been um, a certified genealogist for, I think, about 32, 33 years now. And I think all genealogists recognize that we have some kind of link to our ancestors, We may not call it mediumship, we may not even call it psychic, but we know that things happen when we start researching our ancestors, books will fall off the shelf at the library and open to the page with the ancestor on it, or um, back in the day when we scrolled through microfilm, it would just stop at the right page and we didn't even have the right microfilm on the reader. I mean, stories like this go on and on. And so we know there is some kind of connection when we start researching our ancestors. Well, I always knew it, but there was a point, and and this is this is in the book, and it's really kind of an embarrassing story. But I was bring it on, sister. I know we were, I was flipping through channels and stopped on the Long Island Medium. And I didn't know anything about mediumship. I mean, I believed in an afterlife. I, as a child, I tried to communicate with spirits, but never. I mean, I did the Ouija board, (laughs) all these crazy things. Never happened. Um, So I saw the Long Island medium and I thought, gee, can anybody become a medium? I was 56. 
65 now, is 56 then. And so I did what I normally do. I researched it. I started looking for books on how to become a medium and, and what the spirit world was all about. And that's what started me on my quest. And I knew I would write a memoir about it. So I was taking copious notes and kept a journal. And so I would have all the information in real time. I wouldn't have to rely on my poor memory to write this memoir. And in the course of all that, my other goal was, okay, can I become a medium and can I enhance my genealogical research by communicating with my ancestors? Mm -hmm. So that was the goal. And that was what the book is about. So I I don't want to go too far into it yet. I want to see what you have to say. And you have to read the book to find out I met my goal. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. You've got to give us a little more because I have found, believe it or not. Yeah. And I know you've, you've had some of this um, practice too. The more you give, the more people want to find out more. Yeah. So um, yeah, I had interviewed one lady on the show. I won't say who it is. I won't, I won't. And (laughs) she was the author of a new book and she's pretty famous actually for something else. And uh-huh. every time I asked her a question, she says, Oh, that's on page 215. Oh, I won't that's on page 380. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> and at the very end, I just have to share this. She, she says, well, what I can give you is um, a bit of a meditation that I have, you know, so she had everybody listening, close their eyes. And, and then she just said a few words and I said, and, and she says, Oh, you get a free audio download after you buy the book. I thought, oh my goodness. So no, I won't do that to you. Well, I find it really interesting anytime you and I get to talk because you have such a passion for discovery. And I love that. And lately at night, before I fall asleep, I've been watching the show Finding Your Roots. And mm-hmm. I am always so inspired and how empowered people are left when they find out about their ancestors. So I don't really even know what to ask you. Um, Clearly you are a medium. Yes. Go ahead. Fill in the blanks. Okay. I'm a certificate holder of the Spiritualist National Union as a demonstrating medium and inspired speaker. Um, I love demonstrating mediumship. And in fact, if I can get this in right now, um, June 25th, which is a Saturday, will be my official uh, launch party online. And I will be doing some demonstrations during that as well. Um, But when I was writing Maria Hayden's book, Mm -hmm. it was after I had become a medium. It was before I became a certificate holder. It was still, well, you're always in training, but I was still very much in training. And every night I would talk to Maria. And, and I think I shared some of this in the other show, but so I'll keep this part brief. Um, But I would talk to her and say, I'm going to write your biography. And, I don't know if she chose me or I chose her, it was mutual, but she would lead me to records. I don't think most people would think to look for even other genealogists. Maybe they would. I don't want to, you know, say, you know, I'm super genealogist or anything, but I really felt her presence guiding the book guiding the research, guiding how I was writing it, because it was her story. It's not mine. It's her story. And so in my quest to become a medium, which I talk about midlife medium, I think that's one of the things, if genealogists aren't conscious that their ancestors are trying to help, you can develop a consciousness about it, ask for their help, and if they're able to, they will help you. I, you know, I'm a, I'm working on my next project about another spiritualist. You didn't think this was it, right? Of course you are. <laughs> no, I didn't think this was it. I knew it wasn't it, but go ahead. I, I mean, I am close to retirement age, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> you will never retire. There'll always no. be some project that you'll no. work on. As my father said, I'll retire when the hearse comes to take me out the door. <laughs> and maybe not even then. And maybe not even that. So my next project is about another spiritualist. 
And at first, and she's not my ancestor, but she lived from, um, I don't have her birth and uh, her birth date. I think it was 1826, somewhere around there is when she was born. She died in 1908. Um, And I went back and forth and back and forth with how to write her story. And I think it's because she was going back and forth, back and forth of whether she wanted her story told. At first, I thought I was going to tell it as nonfiction. Then I thought, no, I'm going to tell it as fiction. Then she can inspire me with her emotions and her her feelings. And I can, you know, because I can't document that. Um, And then I started hitting snags with that. I didn't feel confident. I'm not a fiction writer. I'm a nonfiction writer. And so I didn't feel confident in writing it that way. I felt like I was taking too many liberties and not giving her her story. So now I'm back to nonfiction and it feels so much better. And so I really feel she was on the fence too. And the reason she was on the fence is she was duped by charlatan mediums. And she was put in insane asylums for it. Her family locked her away for it. And so I think she was on the fence. Do I want my story told or do I not? And I think she knows that I will tell it with as much empathy as I can um, so that she doesn't look like a fool. Because she knows who it is. Uh, Her name is Harriet Beach, and uh, she was the wife of the editor of the Scientific American, and he was a skeptic. Well, you gave me goosebumps. That sounds like a a great... (laughs) So I did write an article. It was published on Literary Hub. If you go to Literary Hub and type in Carmack in the search... Uh, that article will come up. It's a very abbreviated mm-hmm. uh, form of it, and they don't like source citations, so the citations aren't there, unfortunately. But um, I found her court case where her family was trying to commit her, and I mean, the the documentation there is fabulous. It tell it tells a marvelous story, and so I will be able to tell her story, her husband's story, as a skeptic. Uh, and the story of the two fraudulent mediums and how they were able to dupe people, uh, someone like Harriet, who, like I said, she was educated. It wasn't like she was ignorant or, you know, um, didn't have a brain. She did. Um, so anyway, so I went back and forth and back and forth. And so that's what I'm working on now. Wow, I'm looking looking forward to that. It's nothing to do with midlife medium, but that's no. But let's get back a little bit to midlife medium because you and I. Now, I've been dabbling in research, well, more than dabbling in researching the afterlife for now over 25 years, and you've been at it for a while as well. We could have somebody here who's watching us for the very first time who's suffered some loss of a loved one looking for advice and here there's two happy people that say mediumship is real. <laughs> Can you take us back to some of the things that taught you that the afterlife is real? Okay. Um, we'll start with that. Okay. Well, I want to say in my journey, it wasn't a direct route. Um, because I live in Utah, which is uh, the Mormon state, there are no spiritualist churches here. Um, And so I took a very roundabout way to prove to myself that there was an afterlife and that I could communicate with those in spirit, because I think that's two different things. We can recognize there is an afterlife by getting signs from spirit, you know, the feathers, the coins, the birds, the butterflies, you know, we get a lot of signs from the spirit world. And I got those first, um, about a year or a a couple of years before I decided to become a medium. Um, My husband's mother would send me signs and and they were just too, uh, too crazy, too coincidental to slough off. You know, a lot of times we get signs from the spirit world. We think, oh, you know, I'm just making something of it. But when it keeps happening and when things are just so bizarre, you have to stop and realize somebody else 
is sending me these signs to let me know they're there, they're with me, and they're okay. And so I think that's where it begins. And when my husband's mother was sending me signs, of course, I tried to slough it off as experience, but it kept happening. So it was, I mean, coincidence. So I knew it wasn't coincidence. But I didn't know I could have a two-way conversation. And that's the difference. I think not I think everybody has the ability to have a two-way conversation to become a medium, whether you want to call yourself that or not. I think everybody has that ability, whether everybody will pursue it and have the discipline to study it. That's a different story. Um, There are some people who want to have that two-way conversation, but only with their loved ones. And that's great. It's more difficult, though, because our mind does doubt it and question it, unless it's a sign that whacks you over the head with a frying pan and says, I'm here. Right. (laughs) And so it is a little bit more difficult, I think, to communicate with your own loved ones because of that, because you tend to be skeptical, and you should be skeptical, um, um, and, and doubt it, whether or not you're actually getting a sign. When I ask my loved ones for signs, or even my spirit team, when I ask them for signs, I will ask for two or three. I will ask for one, get it, and then say, okay, give me another one. And maybe even a third time, give me another one. Because I'm that skeptical. (laughs) Are there specific signs that you're asking for or just general? Just general. Just okay. general. It could be a clue on Jeopardy. <laughs> it could be something I'm watching TV and it's like that jumps out at me. That really resonates with me mm-hmm. or something I'm reading. Um, my father used to leave coins. Uh, my husband got into our car one time and there was a quarter on the dashboard. I mean, nobody was in the car, had been in the car. You know, um, that's kind of a hit over the head type sign. Um, But I leave it open and general and I, because I trust that I will know it when I, when it happens. Well, that's just it. And we need to be present and not too busy in our own heads. Exactly. And we need to pay attention because I've learned they're so subtle. I could have a picture in my mind that comes out of nowhere, or I could be directed to look at the license plate right in front of me. Yeah. And it says John and my dad's right. name, something or like that. Or a song will come on the radio. Yeah, absolutely. It could be anything. Um, as people will read in my book, I had asked for a sign for something. And the next, uh, that was on a Friday. The next Sunday, two days later, was the winter solstice. And my neighbor calls me Sunday morning and says, there's a big bird in my backyard. My dog's going crazy. And I'm thinking it's a hawk because we have a lot of hawks around here. I look out the window and there is a peacock on my fence. What? Now, if that isn't a sign that hits you over the head, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> Yesterday, I was chatting with my good friends, Carrie McLeod and Philip Dykes, who are also mediums. Uh-huh. Um, Phil shared this story actually at a recent demonstration that when he was really talking to the spirit world and I need, I need something. He said he was at a zoo and he saw a camel and he says, you know, if if you're really there, have that, that camel come over to me. So all of a sudden the camel starts walking close and there's tons of people. The camel reaches down, licks them up one side of the face and licks them on the other. Oh my gosh. Just like that. I know the so spirit world, it, they're amazing. And they have a sense of humor. They have a sense of humor. They're amazing. Um, they're intelligent. Yeah. And all you have to do is ask. Uh, sometimes you don't have to ask. Sometimes they are trying to get your attention by leaving coins or feathers or butterflies or whatever. They are trying to get our attention, but Again, because we're skeptical by nature, and we should be, um, we tend to think, oh, 
that's nothing, or it doesn't even enter our consciousness that our loved one is trying to let us know they're okay. Absolutely. So what I recommend for people who are trying to communicate with their own loved ones and have a two-way conversation, and again, your own mind's going to get involved, but do it anyway. Write in a notebook, handwrite, or you can type on the computer. Just get yourself, do your meditation to get yourself into that um, mindful space, that um, powerful space, uh, both in your mind and in your heart. And write out your questions. And wait and see if something inspires you to write an answer. If not, don't worry about it. The answer will come. Either watching TV, reading a book, something you see on Facebook, whatever it is. If you think that's the answer, then say, I think this is my answer. I think this is my sign. Do it again. Ah. Do it again. Give me another one. And then it's opening our awareness. It's still being skeptical, but it's opening our awareness. Oh, it's important to be skeptical because even you're talking about the other medium, there are charlatans out there. Yes. A lot of people preying on the grieving yes. still always yep. have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always have been. You know, I think of your uh, Maria Hayden book and a lot of people don't know about the history of mediumship and, and all that. And, you know, as many of us do always just assume because there is so much mediumship and so many spiritualist churches in the UK, well, mm. it must have originated there. Uh, <laughs> you say otherwise. Yes, I know. Um, you know. Why don't you just talk just a, a moment about that? Because I think our history, not only with genealogy, but our history of mediumship is something that we can't overlook. I mean, there's been some scientific people for many, many, many years who've been involved with this. And um, our skeptical mind can easily say, can't be real, can't be real. But Mm -hmm. the evidence is there, folks. Absolutely. Well, spiritualism, modern day spiritualism, what we call modern spiritualism, because people have been communicating with the dead for centuries since there were people, um, began in 1848, the end of March 1848, in upstate New York, where two teenage girls, Margaret and Catherine Fox, were heard raps on the walls. And why they thought it was a spirit or a ghost, I don't know, but they did, and they tried to communicate with this thing, this person. And so they worked out uh, an alphabet system. The mother helped them, and they worked out what's called calling the alphabet. And so she'd call out an A. Is there a rap? No rap, go on to B. Is there a B? Is there a rap? No rap, go on to C. Uh, Eventually, that evolved into the Ouija board that Maria Hayden used. She didn't call it a Ouija board then. That wasn't called a Ouija board until it became the movie. Yeah, (laughs) right. So, but Maria Hayden used a piece of cardboard with the alphabet on it, just like a Ouija board, and people would point the pencil at the letter, and it would be out of her view, so she wasn't controlling it or anything else, and they'd point the pencil, A, no rap, go on to B, etc., Um, So that began here in America in 1848. And then Maria Hayden um, and her husband, William, took spiritualism and this method of communication with the spirits to England in 1852 throughout 1853. And so she is the American medium who brought spiritualism to the UK. And then it really blossomed in the UK. It blossomed here in America until probably just after the Second World War. Um, But then it started to see a a natural decline. And so we don't have a lot of churches. And the American version of spiritualism Spiritualism is a little bit different than the UK version. The Americans have nine principles. Unfortunately, I've yet to find out where their principles came from. They're very similar to the ones the English say came from Emma Harding's Britain, the seven principles, but they're different wording. Um, So they're similar, but I haven't found in American spiritualist history where the nine principles came from. Um, so they're they're similar in ways, but they're also 
different enough in ways. There are um, obviously the main part of spiritualism is communicating with our loved ones in the spirit world. Um, American mediums have different training than British mediums. Um, my personal opinion is the British mediums have more discipline to their mediumship than I've seen with American trained mediums. Um, so, so there is a difference, but we're all spiritualists. Yes, I agree. And sometimes whether you're with, oh, I'll say British trained, because I know the training that you speak of. And I've also witnessed some American trained uh, spiritualists that don't have the level of training. I, I know the people all come from a good place. Sure. And for some, um, it can get us on our spiritual journey of looking for what else. But mm -hmm. I think it's also important that you have it. I have it. I think everyone listening yeah. or watching has it, that skeptical mind, mm -hmm. because there's part of us, it, it should be intelligent. It should resonate with you. Um, you should never be left feeling bad, you know, these sort exactly. of things. But I do think, you know, there's people that yeah, they may not know any better, but there, there are different, different ways. But I want to ask you as your midlife medium, because um, you talked about the story before when you first started practicing mediumship, wasn't there like a hundred people you wanted to work on and yeah. work with? Because coming from a skeptical mind, could you just talk a little bit about your experience? Because like you said, if we're trying to talk to our own loved one, our mind can get in the way. If I want to yeah. talk to my dad, I know a lot about him. Right. So is he showing me stuff I already know? Is that my memory? But when you're talking to a complete stranger and you can get some validation, what is that like? That That's the best feeling of all. That is the best feeling of all when you're doing a, either a private sitting or demonstrating mediumship in front of an audience. And there's absolutely no way you could know certain things. And people are nodding their head and saying, yes, yes. It's like, that's not only uh, validation for you that you have a communication with that spirit person, but it's validation for the recipient or the sitter. Um, it's validation for the spirit world that they got their, their message across. It's just, uh, it's the most wonderful feeling in the world. And what's interesting uh, for me, there are days when I don't feel like doing communication. I'm feeling lazy or I have other things on my mind or whatever, but I've got a demonstration planned. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm dreading it the whole time, thinking, why did I agree to this? I don't feel like doing it, whatever. And then when I'm in the power with the spirit, everything changes. And afterwards, I think, why was I so reluctant because it's the most wonderful feeling in the world. Uh, you have the spirit energy building with it and blending with you and you've given the recipient or the sitter something no one else, but another medium can give them. So well, thank it, you for being so honest. Cause we are human. Yeah. You know? I, I'm not always a big smiley person before we get on. Exactly. One of these interviews. I'm thinking, <laughs> what time is it? Who's this Sharon? Oh, yeah, I remember right. her. I'll put on a smile for <laughs> just kidding. It's true. It's but true. When we, it all the time. <laughs> when we get in that power of being of service, it's just like the wind fills our sails mm -hmm. and we can follow our intuition. And I think so many times it's it's hard to believe that we're more than just the physical being that we are. It, yeah. We are. Can you talk a little bit about that? Maybe who we are as as souls and how how maybe we are able to communicate and know and well, have there's inspiration. There, I'm sure everybody has seen that that uh, saying on Facebook. We are not um, spirits and bodies. We're bodies with spirits uh, or souls, whichever way you want to look at it. And and that's what. That's what we have to keep in mind. Not only that we're physical beings and we do have a soul, we do have a spirit. That's our origin. The physical body is just that, is just our body for this time on earth. It's our biology for this time on earth. But I think once you totally embrace that you're a spirit, you are a soul, 
And again, this physical biology is just here for a short time. It takes away the fear of dying and death. Um, And so at 65, yeah, I hope I have another 20 years. I really don't. I used to want to live to be 100. Now I don't. Now that I, I know there's life after death, my bucket list has shrunk because I know I can do whatever I want to do in the spirit world. I don't have to get it done here. Hallelujah to that. I love hearing that. I mean, Absolutely. I have two things on my bucket list. That's it. <laughs> and so it really changes your outlook. It really mm-hmm takes away the fear of dying. Of course, we all are fearful that it's going to hurt. What spirit tells us, however, um, is that it doesn't hurt. It's just the physical body shutting down and our family witnesses that. And so it looks like it hurts um, because that's all we can relate to is that physical body. But the spirit, the soul has left the body already as we're approaching death. I'm not saying it was months ahead, but um, at the the moments of that transition, the spirit world tells us the body, the spirit has left the body. They're not feeling the physical death. I mean, if we look at it in reverse and look at birth, if you've ever seen the birth of a baby and I watched in a mirror, the birth of my own, I watched my daughter give birth and it's like, man, that looks like it hurts. I mean, she got an epidermal. I didn't have anything. But the baby itself, that's got to hurt coming out of the birth canal. It's got to hurt. But we don't think about that, do we? We never think about that. Because I believe the spirit world has created a system that when we transition to human, when we transition back to spirit, our souls are not there to uh, make the circuit so that there is physical pain. That's my belief. I don't know. Not, I, nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows, knows, but signs point to that. I've, I've interviewed plenty of people that have had near-death experiences and were in some pretty bad shape, and they witness it from out, outside of their body. And so my friend Carrie explained it. Um, that's like their consciousness is an observer. You're not in that. You know? Right. And so I hope so. I really do. Well, I know. who's to say that's not the way with birth? Yeah, exactly. We don't know when the soul enters the body. Some people believe it's at conception. Some people believe it's at birth mm-hmm. or somewhere in between. But who's, if during the transition called death, the soul is out of the body and observing it. Why wouldn't the soul be out of the body during that painful childbirth? And then the soul is put in the body. I don't know. It's a great thing to think about. I just had this visual of like a little cartoon and birth <laughs> process is happening and they're all lined up like, okay, Fred, time to jump in there. <laughs> okay, here you go. <laughs> We've got a cannon. We're going to shoot you right in. Oh, <laughs> So I know June 25th, you've got stuff going on. I know for many people, June 25th will have passed by now while you're watching this, but what, what is it you're doing and how can we find out about it? On June 25th is my launch party on zoom. And, um, You can sign up for that. If you hear this before June 25th, you can sign up for that on my website, www.thegenealogymedium.com. And genealogy is spelled G-E-N-E-A-L-O-G-Y. Thegenealogymedium.com. Go to the events page and you can sign up for the book launch. July 9th, I'm doing a free... I'm doing several free webinars in the upcoming months, and these are all on my website as well. July 9th, I'm doing You Can Communicate with Your Ancestors, so we'll talk about how to do that. August 20th, Anyone Can Become a Medium, and this is just a foundation course. September 17th, we'll be writing about your own spiritual journey, if you are interested in writing your journey. And October 15th, we'll be writing your family history. Excuse me. These are all on a Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 11 Mountain, 12 Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. UK. Um, So those are all free. 
go to the genealogymedium.com and the events page, and you can sign up for whatever you would like to sign up for. Oh, how nice. And it sounds like even if we listen in the future to this, go go to the website, you could have something else. Yes, great because after the new year, on. I will probably be doing more. Um, those events will not be recorded. So um, if you do want to attend, you will need to attend. Wow, <laughs> not doing the recording. Um, well, let's get back into some of the genealogy, though, because okay. I know when we spoke once before, I felt so empowered. Most of us, Sharon, I believe, live life thinking it's just us and then the whole world. And yes, we hear we have spirit guides. We Mm -hmm. have loved ones. But there's also an army called our relatives that are behind us. Could you just talk about Whatever your soul wants to share about that, because like I said, I'm fascinated hearing stories of genealogy, which can't, I can't help but think I've got this army behind me too. And I, we're each one of a kind. And if those people back in our family tree hadn't done everything exactly the way they did, we wouldn't be here. Well, and, and that's very true. I have to pull out another book. <laughs> This book is about my family history, but it uh, it's called If We Can Winter This. It's available on Amazon, but it's essays um, about my search for my Irish ancestry. And one of the essays in there uh, called A Chance Gift of Scarlet Fever really makes you realize that if my great-grandparents hadn't done X, Y, and Z, I would not be here. It, it's startling. Uh, what happened was my great-grandfather inherited the lease to the land in Ireland. And so he packed up the whole family, my uh, four-year-old grandmother included, and took everybody back to Ireland. If they had stayed, my mother wouldn't have been born because my grandmother would not have met my grandfather. And then without my mother being born, I wouldn't have been born. And so, fortunately, they came back to America after a year. But if they hadn't, the whole course of my family history would have changed. And so it really, when you do research your family history, you really see the cause and effect of not our lives, but our ancestors' lives and the decisions they made, how they impact us today, not just in a general way, but sometimes in a very specific way. And I believe our ancestors want us to learn about them. I believe if there is an ancestor who doesn't want you to know, they'll put up roadblocks and you'll be hitting your head against the wall trying to research that particular ancestor. As I said earlier, with my next project, I think Harriet was on the fence about how her story was going to be told, which put me on the fence about it. Once Harriet decided, okay, it's okay, here's what we're going to do. And here's what I needed to do. All of a sudden, the research opened up. And things just fell into my lap. And it was like, okay, if I had any doubts, they're removed, because things are just falling into my lap. And I think that's true with our own ancestors. And I think they're there saying, I want to be remembered, record me in whatever way. You don't have to write a book. You don't have to write an essay. If you want to put your research results on ancestry or family search, that's fine. But I want to be remembered. Um, Because nobody, not a single person, wants to die and think that they won't be remembered. Nobody. And so why should it be any different for our ancestors? They don't want to be forgotten. And I think, like you said, we have this whole army, this whole team, whatever you want to call this whole group um, behind us, not just our spirit team, uh, which are elevated spirits who probably may have known us before we came to earth, I don't know, but who who work with us in different capacities. Like I have a team for my writing, I have a team for my mediumship, I have a team for teaching. So 
we have those people who we may or may not know. And then we have our family and our ancestors, and they're all working for us too. It's like, we've been in your spot. We know how hard it is. (laughs) We've been on earth. (laughs) And especially today, you know, we all think that our ancestors had a difficult life. We're going through a difficult life right now with everything going on in the news and the politics and everything else. So they know. And so they're here to help us. All we have to do is ask. Well, that's just it. They, they've been here. And so we don't need to worry that there's judgment coming from them. They know how hard it is. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, there's no judgment on the other side. There are lessons, but there's no judgment. Yeah, we can all get lessons. You know, when you said uh, that everyone wants to be remembered, I just can't help but think of the Disney movie Coco. And if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it. Oh my goodness. Watch it. Okay. It's, a be- it's all about our ancestry. There's a young boy who actually crosses over. Oh, he comes back. It's quite magical, but there's a most beautiful song called remember me. Oh, and I can hear it in my mind. I'm getting all choked up. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. And it's, it's very heartwarming and the music is great. So I can totally recommend right. it. Right. Well, I think the important thing also is to realize no one dies alone. Even if you're the survivor of your entire family, uh, the spirit world knows when we're going to cross. And the spirit world is there to greet us, even if it's a baby crossing over, even if they don't have parents or Uh, grandparents in the spirit world, they probably have great grandparents or great, great grandparents. And they're there to greet us. There are always going to be people there for us, whether it's our spirit team, whether it's our pets, whether it's someone in our ancestry who actually knew us before knows us now, but no one dies alone. So there, there really is nothing to fear. Yeah, there's some a lot of hospice doctors and nurses that I've spoken with, and people have done great studies on this about just moments before someone passes or a day or two, and they're looking up in the corner and talking to their deceased loved one. And mm-hmm. um, there's many examples of people that are talking to people that they don't even know are deceased because mm-hmm. the family hasn't told them. They didn't want to burden them with that. Right. Oh, they're talking away. They see them there. Uh, and it's, it's just so comforting to know mm-hmm. that, that that is the case. And oh. don't take our word for it. Go and get a mediumship reading, go to a demonstration of mediumship and get the evidence and make your own mind up. You know, you don't have to take our word for it. If you get a reading with a, a really good medium, mm-hmm. um, then you will know there won't be any doubt in your mind. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And sometimes doing learning yourself. Um, yeah, I know, you know, because you follow what I'm doing, but every Sunday we do a free Sunday service online with mediumship yeah. included and do online classes. And there's people that will never be a medium to the public, right. but for their own sense of discovery, have learned it and have been able to give and receive such beautiful signs that our loved ones are still around. It's to me, just like playing the piano. Some people are gifted and can just do it and others practice, practice, practice. Well, and that's, that's exactly what happened to me. You know, I, like I said, I believe everybody has the ability to do it, whether or not everybody has the ability to play the piano. Is everybody going to take lessons and practice, practice, practice? No. You may take a few lessons just to say, wow, this is harder than I thought and decide not to do it. And the same is true with mediumship. Some people are naturally in tune as children. I wasn't, but some people are naturally attuned as children or teenagers. Um, And then there are the rest of us. If you have a passion for it, if you feel the calling for it, then you will take the classes. You will practice, practice, practice. You will do the discipline that it takes to be a good medium. And 
then you're off on your journey. My journey, um, I just wanted to throw in here too. Like I said, my journey wasn't a straight line. I did Reiki. I became a Reiki master teacher along the way. I did shamanic healing um, and took a year's worth of courses in, in shamanic healing. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be a medium, but this was all I could find. And in hindsight, it helped heal my soul, which I needed to become a medium. It helped open my viewpoint. It helped um, open my clairs um, in ways I hadn't expected. Um, so it wasn't wasted. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but it it was beneficial to me on a soul level for me to get to be a medium. Mm. Sharon, most of us, most of us authors know that you don't get rich writing books. <laughs> no, you, you don't. don't. If you see a couple dollars, you know, no. but oh, there's still, <laughs> I know, but there's still this passion to get the words out. What was it about midlife medium that you felt like it's time? This has got to be out there. Well, as I told you, I, I started writing it while I was experiencing it. Therefore, a lot of material had to come out. Otherwise, it, it would be as as thick as Maria Hayden is. <laughs> She's a big girl. Yes. <laughs> and this book is not nearly as thick. <laughs> so a lot of it came out. Um, a lot of it had to come out because of that. Um, what was your question? Oh, the passion that said, like the tipping point, like now's now's the time to get this out there. Right. It's not because I feel my experience was the experience. Uh, It's not because I think I'm going to be an Estelle Roberts or one of the other mediums of the past and they have a biography or an autobiography or a memoir. Um, You know, I don't imagine my book will survive past my life. it may. If, if Maria Hayden survives past my life, I'll be happy. Um, I wanted to inspire other people who don't think they're a medium. I wanted to inspire people that anybody can be a medium. You do have to put in the time and the dedication and everything else, but anybody can do it. And so I wanted people to know that, but to also know my struggles to get there, that sometimes it's not a direct path. Sometimes it's not an easy path. Oh, and the hundred readings. Uh, see, I got myself off track. You asked me about the hundred free readings. What happened was I had visited Casadega Spirituals Camp, which is in uh, Florida, uh, began by Lilydale Mediums. And I took my, my first real class in mediumship. And I had a wonderful teacher and he talked me through it. And everything I said, the, the recipient resonated with. And so then I knew, okay, I can do this. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I can do this. And so, and this teacher had said, spirit is your best teacher. So when I got home, I was so enthusiastic. I was so excited. I emailed a friend on the East Coast and a friend on the West Coast. I said, I'm developing as a medium. Do you have any friends who would be willing to let me practice on them with the understanding that I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> that this is just practice? Mm-hmm. Um, and before I knew it, I had 100 over a course of, I don't know, six, nine months. And so I did free telephone readings. This was before Zoom, or if Zoom existed, I didn't know about it. 100 free phone readings. All I knew was the first name and a phone number. I didn't know anything else about the person. I didn't want to know anything else about the person. And I just jumped in the deep end. I What should have been a 7 to 15 minute reading took me an hour because I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting for information. I didn't know how to connect with spirit to really get the information. Um, but I figured I couldn't hang out. I didn't have any classes. And so I self-trained initially until I found the Spiritualist National Union International and started taking classes. And then a whole world opened up um, for training. Um, but until then, that's what I did was these hundred free readings. 
Well, let's not brush over the Spiritualist National Union no, International not. because I kind of forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Long, you know, in my journey, I found it, and there's mediumship demonstrations online, and the students are participating in that. And are you still the ambassador for America? I, I'm the U.S. rep, and I hold a circle every Tuesday. Um, it's at um, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. UK. <laughs> you, you are just like me. There's so much going on. You rattled me. I know, and you have to figure out all the time. So tell us about the website. Tell us. I, I know some of the most of the things are happening through Zoom, but tell right. us how to get involved because it is extremely inexpensive. Yes, it's very. <laughs> There's a wealth of information. Yeah, it's the Spirituals National Union International. So if you just Google that, you should find our website. Um, it's like 30 US dollars for a year, and you have free access to all these classes and services. And, and we're starting up the demonstrations of mediumship again. In fact, Friday the 24th, I'll be demonstrating on SNUI. Um, it's held on Zoom for that annual fee, unless you click on one of the squares in the program, you go to the program and if you click on one of the squares of something that interests you, unless it says it's closed or it's progressive or whatever, you can attend. And even if you attend and you're not supposed to be there, you know, they won't won't kick you out. (laughs) They won't ban you from the organization. They'll just say, I'm sorry, you can't be here. And it's no big deal. Happens all the time. Um, so yeah, you can attend. There's a divine service on Sunday. Uh, there was one on Saturday. I don't know if there still is. I, I apologize. I haven't looked at the oh, calendar okay. recently. Um, there are practice circles. Like I said, I lead one on Tuesdays. There's another one if you're in the U.S. on Monday evening. Uh, I think it's at. Um, I won't. I used to lead that one on Monday, but it got to be too much. I was doing too much. So I, I just do the Tuesday one. So there, just remember everything on the calendar, what they call the program, the tuition program is UK time. So there's a converter on the website. So you can see your time versus UK time. There are classes on transmediumship. There are classes on um, inspired writing. Uh, there are classes, of course, on um, demonstrating private sittings. I mean, it's the best value for its money. Spirit art. I know. Spirit art. Yep. That. Yep. Mm-hmm. Spirit art. Uh, you know, whatever your heart desires is probably there. <laughs> oh, it's really good to share, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, you know, and once I found SNUI and found the classes, Margaret Challenger was my initial teacher. Um, she was fabulous. She scared me to death. She was so, <laughs> she was such a disciplinarian, but I learned the most from her. Um, everything, the teachers are all screened. You know, they don't just allow anybody to teach. And the teaching is consistent with the SNU and the discipline and what's taught at Arthur Finley College in in the UK. It's all, you know, every teacher brings their own spin to something based on their own experience, but it's all the same foundation. So you're not getting confused. And, and, well, this teacher says this. And, well, sometimes you do. Because, like I said, every teacher has their own method based on their own experience. So some teacher may say, try it this way or try it that way. You know, that kind of thing. But it's all the basic, simple foundation that's the same. So when I asked you the question about the book and your passion, you said just everybody can be a medium. Well, why? What's beneath that? We're going to just go digging a little bit more. Okay. Why can everybody be a medium? No, why would you want people to why be a medium? Why would you want to be a medium? Um, why do you want people uh, to okay. be mediums? Well, like I said, a lot of people want to be a medium because they want to have a two-way conversation mm-hmm. with their deceased family members, and it doesn't work exactly the way you think it does, but it, right. it can't work. Other people feel this calling, and that's what I was surprised when I started this journey, I thought, Oh, I'm just going to practice, see if I can become a medium, have a conversation. That's going to be it. You know, if I become a professional medium, fine. If I don't fine. And then I did the hundred free readings because I thought if I'm going to hang out my shingle, I need enough practice. 
so I did. I hang, hung out my shingle. And what was so unexpected about it, as we talked a little bit earlier, is the feeling, the elation you feel when you have connected a loved one with their living person. Uh, I mean, there's just no other feeling like it in the world. Well, in our world. Um, and it just, it feels so good. You know, I have students who come on Tuesdays and they'll say, oh, I don't want to work today. I'm not feeling well or this, that, or the other. And I said, if this were a demonstration and you were being paid, you have to work. I said, so do it. And that's what Margaret taught me too. Margaret in her classes is like, I don't feel well. I have a headache is not an excuse. You do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And boy, once you're in that spirit energy, your world goes away. Your problems, your aches and pains, all that goes away. And, and on top of that, you know, giving someone. Because the word medium stems from the word mediate. We're mediators between this world and the other world. That world and this world. Um, so we're mediators. That's where medium comes from. And to have that ability to train and have that ability and the confidence that you can connect with the spirit world and make someone's day, make someone's month, someone's year, make someone realize that their loved one will never leave their side as long as they want them there. It's just the best feeling in the world. So that's that what, is what, what I was looking for. Yes. Cause that's, that's a gold mine. It means yeah. The gift you can be to other people if you choose to, but who you are for yourself. Right. And you know, exactly. Well, and don't feel you have to be a medium. Like I said, you may not, you may be ready to, like I was, but you may not, spirit may say you're not ready. That's why I went on the Reiki path. That's why I went on the shamanic path. I wasn't ready. You know that saying, when you're ready, the teacher will appear. Well, when I was ready, SNUI appeared. Yeah. And, but I wasn't ready yet. I mean, mentally, I was ready because I'm an impatient person. You know, I'm going to write a book today. <laughs> yeah, I see that. 27, 28, 29, here they come. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to write this book today. It doesn't really happen that way. It takes no, years. I know. But, um, because if you think about it, midlife medium, like I said, I started when I was 56. I believe that was 2014. And the book is just coming out. Okay, that's how long it took for me, not only to write it, but and to decide what was going to go in, but to be able to reflect on the experience. Because that's what a memoir is. A memoir is a reflecting reflection mm -hmm. of your experience. And without that hindsight, that would have been a very difficult, a different book and probably a not very interesting book. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of not that we all have to write our memoir, right. but we don't give ourselves credit for the journey that we've been on and where we are and what we've learned. And I think you and I both want to, yes, help people believe in the afterlife, know their loved ones are around, but it's also that we can live a powerful life. And if we all did have to write our memoir, and we had to start looking back. I don't think we'd be so hard on ourselves, Sharon. I think we would really like say, hey, you're not so bad. Look at all these times you've helped others. Look at all this growth that you've had, all these experiences, all these choices that you've made, all these times you've been courageous. So I think all of that is tied in with why you are writing and why you are sharing. Yeah. And it's not about, like we said in the book, in the beginning, buying a book, you know, right. And it's the, book the entryway. Is, yeah. Right. And the book, so much more. even though the book on the surface is about me and my experience, it's about a lot of people's experience. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much. I don't want to leave you yet. Just, I want to leave you an opportunity to anything else you want to say, or if there's just one last message that you want to pull oh. out of that soul. Oh, look at the face. I don't know. I know. It's like, oh. what, what would our loved ones say? What would our whole family tree behind us? What, 
if they could leave one message for us, what would it well, be? And that's interesting because when I do oral history interviews with people, I always end with, what do you want to be remembered for? How about that? And, you know, I think our ancestors want to just be remembered that they existed mm-hmm. and that they were here and that they made a difference in one way or another. And as for me, what do I want to be remembered for? Um, well, I kind of have two things. I want to be remembered for the Maria Hayden book. That to me is my legacy. That's her legacy and my legacy. And I hope that book will survive me. Um, but I also would like to be remembered for my sense of humor, because I think, especially today, in today's world, if you don't have a sense of humor, <laughs> you're going to be in bad shape. <laughs> And that spirit has a sense of humor too. My spirit team, I mean, they have to have a sense of humor to work with me. (laughs) I think people who are looking for their spirit team, it's a bunch of people kind of like you, you know? (laughs) Like attracts like. That's what I think. And, uh, you know, even when we talk about God, whoever you feel God is or what God is, um, I feel God must have a sense of humor. If we're created in his or her or its image, then uh, there's a sense of humor there too. Oh, that's great. Not really sure what I'd say, what I want people to remember me for. I think it's just that sense of who I've been being just a skeptic and going after my own answers that people need to follow their passion. Yep. And they want, I want people to be who they are. I mean, there was definitely a moment when I realized I didn't have to look a certain way or be a certain way or be perfect that where, who I feel most comfortable in being is just myself. Yep. And with that, you can never go wrong. So just empower, leave people with empowering you to be on your own personal journey in life and don't take anything at face value. There's so much joy in discovery. And of course you meet some crazy people like yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But you also have these conversations that are empowering. You're not sitting around with a bunch of people complaining. Oh, I am so done with those kind of people. I really am. Yeah, because we can do something about it. Well, Sharon, tell us the website one more time. Yes, it's www.thegenealogymedium.com. And again, genealogy is G-E-N-E-A-L-O-G-Y, thegenealogymedium.com. Or you can go to SharonCarmack.com if that's easier, and that'll link you back to the genealogy medium. Absolutely. (laughs) And those of you who are watching this on YouTube in the description, there's a a live link you can click on. Well, I want to thank Sharon for being our guest today. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sandra. And also for our listener or or our viewer, thank you also. Our home base is wedontdie.com. And there you can come to our free Sunday gathering. You can join us for one of our psychic or mediumship classes or so many more. I mean, there's so much that we offer. You can get a free copy of my book at the store page. Just scroll down. You'll find the We Don't Die audio book. Use coupon code free. And why I push this is because chapter 10 is how to survive grief. And that's what brought me into this. I know that what I've learned about the grieving process and the tools for help lessening the pain and why we grieve, it gave me my life back. So I always want to share that at no expense to you. If you want to buy the book too, great, but you don't have to. You never know who this information makes a difference for. So if you feel like sharing this episode, hit the share button, go for it. You know, it's interesting. They really, really are. Also, you can find on the homepage of wedontdie.com, the documentary movie that has been filmed and created, um, sharing the work of Sonia Rinaldi, who is the Brazilian researcher who uses technology to get pictures and audios, voices from people in the afterlife. It's nothing quite like it. You know, sometimes words are good, but sometimes pictures are just give you that holy cow moment. You know, our loved ones are still around. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. Always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul, that our lives are important, that we have to follow our passions. We have to be ourselves, but also know that you've got a whole team of people behind you. Remember them, research them, talk to them, 
They love you. You'll meet them in person one day, not too soon, but you will meet them. And if you have that little inkling, hmm, I'd like to know more about mediumship or Sharon's journey, check out her book, Midlife Medium. So in closing, again, I'm Sandra Champlain. Thank you for listening or for watching, and we'll see you soon.